Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When asked early this week about our identity, I think we just showed our identity. We can do any damn thing we want to do. That's uh, Bruce Arians. You know, if that, that's one of those quotes where if I had seen it attributed to no coach, I'd know that it was him. Yes. That's it's, that's it's very few that would say that. Right. No, no doubt about it. But hey, I don't know if I totally buy that comment there, but I do think they found something yesterday. I will say that right off the bat as we start our Monday morning here at 8 a.m. You know, hey, quite honestly, well, you know, they just got a better ship than you guys. You know, that was my first superlative, the, the better ship award. You know, Viking ships are nice, but it just can't mess with the Buccaneer ship. The cannons, you know, everything just beat your Vikings butt. Woo -hoo -hoo! Uh, but I'm starting there. Do you want to start there or what? You want to go there? We, we, I mean, your, your setup <laughs> is just mentioning it's eight o'clock. You don't even say what time zone it's in. You don't even say what the name hey, of the show is. Hey, we already did that. What did they got to hear it again? Last right I mean, through it. On. Well, we're resetting at the top of a new hour. It's the second hour of this Monday edition of PFT Live. I'm just busting your I chops, you and I'm 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 very appreciative that you were careful to enunciate S H I P. Ship. Yes. When you said it right. five times quickly, because right. you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Nope. That or peak. with you, you do know. You do know that yep. it, it will eventually. It yes. will eventually come out differently. Uh, you, you, that's it. You're going to rub my face in it right out of the gates. Like, yeah. like I didn't Woo! know all week long. I didn't say all week long what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. And I don't care that the Vikings outplayed the Buccaneers early. I knew that it was going to happen. Oh, they weren't going to be able to stop that offense, and the, the Vikings offense was not going to be able to sustain it. And when you have a kicker who can't make any kicks, that just makes it even more likely that that's going to be the outcome, Chris. No, you're, you're right. I mean, well, I mean, you said it. They blew it. The, the Vikings blew it. Uh, they had a chance early on in that football game to be up double digits at the least. Uh, but they didn't take advantage of that. And I feel like, you know, we talk about one of these games every week where – one team dominates early, but they you look up and you go, well, they're dominating, but they're only up 9 nothing or 6 nothing. That's not dominating. And you're going to let that team then get their mojo back, and Tampa did eventually. And, you know, to what Bruce Arian said, too, you know, and again, I'm, I'll be excited to watch this film, but I think they've done some of the stuff we've been talking about, really. You know, just, hey, run the ball a little bit. Two tight end sets. Play action and run the ball on first and second down. You know, get into third and, you know, like Coach Dungy said last night, third and manageable, third and eight or eight or less. And then Brady can make the right decision and shotgun with those weapons and bam, 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 bam. But, you know, to me, that's their most effective way of playing football. And maybe they can build on that because Brady, as we see, his arm is still top notch. If you just make him feel comfortable in the pocket that there's not going to be people hitting him then he's more comfortable and he's willing to pull the trigger for those deeper type throws. 
It did look a little rough early, though, when the Vikings had the better of yeah. the play. There was that third down. There was one where he missed Rob Gronkowski, the first drive that the Buccaneers had. it, And then Chris Godwin wide open and would have been gone for a touchdown. And Tom Brady, plenty of time in the pocket yeah. to set up, to find a receiver. You suggested yesterday he sticks with Mike Evans and Gronk maybe a little longer than he should before he moves off. Right. But he... He eventually saw Chris Godwin, and he just sailed it 10 feet over his head. If any other quarterback did that, we would have laughed for an hour about it. Yeah, he missed a few throws. He did. He missed a few throws in the game early on where we were just like, man, what? That He's wide open. You know, but he, he found his groove, certainly, and they're talented enough, too, as a football team to overcome that. You know, they are. Uh, oh, hey, wait, whoop, we missed a 15-yard, 20-yard completion. No big deal. You know, we got other guys here. We got a good aggressive play caller. We'll get another chance at it. And they take advantage of it. They are, they hang in there, you know, even through that ugly spot like you talked about early. You know, their defense found their way. It looked like, man, Dalvin Cook's going to easily run for 100 yards in this football game. He's blowing them out the water, but the defense kind of shored up. And we'll see. You know, Tampa's still one of those teams, a lot of potential. I don't know where they are right now, but yesterday was a good start by them. Um, you know, beating up on your Minnesota Vikings. Here's where they are, and it's very simple. It's Falcons, Lions, Falcons. Yeah. So they should win their last three games. They should finish 11-5. and five. Bruce Arian said last week, it doesn't matter if we don't have a home game in the playoffs because there aren't going to be fans at these games anyway. So, you know, they may have to go to Lambeau Field and play the Packers there. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I would sign up for that if it eventually happens. They may have to go play New Orleans again. I'd like to see a round three after sure. the Saints so roundly handled them, especially in the second go-round. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be an intriguing team in the playoffs because pretty sure they're going to get in. I'd say the percentage. I can't remember. I think the it's like ninety-five. Night, it's like ninety-five. It's got to be higher. pretty high. Yeah, ninety-five. I'd say they're. I'd say they're in good shape. Right. And uh, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat when January rolls around. And you know the big, the big statistic that that kind of jumped off the screen to me when we had the comparison up: zero sacks of Brady, six of Kirk Cousins. Yes. If you're going to sack Kirk Cousins six times, the passing game isn't working. The offense isn't working well enough. And when you throw in the fact that they had their chance to go up double digits early and they blew it thanks to Dan Bailey missing kicks, uh, that that's that. And Shaq yeah. Barrett, who had two sacks of Kirk Cousins yesterday, said to me with a laugh, he wasn't serious about it, but he said, tell the field goal kicker we appreciate him. And uh, they should because the Vikings surely don't at this point. And I will be surprised if Dan Bailey isn't cut today by the Vikings. I would I would think so, right? I mean, you know, your your Vikings are not out of it. They're they're not, as we as we They're say, out of it. It's over. 17%. You've 17% seen the story they're before, out of it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they're out of it. <laughs> here's what'll happen. Here's what'll happen. No, here's what'll happen. The, they'll, they'll beat the Bears. They'll beat the Saints, and then they'll lose to the Lions. That's my prediction. Oh, that, oh, okay. So they'll beat the Bears, and then they'll lose to the Lions? No, they'll beat the Saints. Christmas Day, they'll beat the Saints and cause everyone to believe that they're going to make it into the playoffs <laughs> some way, somehow, and then they'll lose to the Lions week 17. That's uh, how it works. All right. You sound better. Oh, he doesn't love them today, everybody. I sound, Whoop. I off sound, with that. I sound practical. Okay. So give me uh, – all right. So enough about this game. Give me a new, uh, new right. superlative. All right, it's the it's the five finger discount award. Are you familiar with the five finger discount? You had money, you never had to shop left. Not that I ever did, but that <laughs> well, sounds like it, you it might five, have the five. <laughs> no, uh, possibly the five sack discount. The five, Hassan Reddick. W what a story this was, and it just kind of happened. Like, wait a minute, he's got three. Wait a minute, he's got four. Wait a minute, he's got five. Five sacks on Sunday against the Giants. Three forced fumbles. And he didn't even know he had five sacks. He told me I didn't realize it until after the game. And he never had more than two at any level of football in his entire life. It was incredible. Franchise record, most in an NFL game since 2017, five sacks. And it was exactly what the Cardinals needed. They were reeling. They had lost four out of five. They had lost three in a row. They'd have been on a five-game losing streak but for the Hail Murray. They were stepping into a bear trap against a Giants team that all of a sudden was looking pretty damn good. Yeah. And the Cardinals, uh, as you said yesterday at one point, they out-Giants the Giants. They did. I mean, they just played defense and forced, you know, forced turnovers by the Giants, and they just played smart and didn't make any mistakes. It's kind of what the Giants have been doing to people before this. But, yeah, I mean, 
that was a f phenomenal, you know, by Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator there, Hassan Reddick. They were all over Daniel Jones all day long. And I mean, I, I had a superlative. Too. He shouldn't have been playing. No, he that, exactly. Been playing. I was my my. I was going to hit this game next if you didn't, because I was going with you know instead of big blue, I was going to go big ooh because it just didn't look good. <laughs> okay, it didn't look good from the team yesterday, and it didn't look right with Daniel Jones. Really, pretty early on, you could tell that he was not normal, right? And I felt like it affected his play. Uh, I, I don't know if that was the best thing for the Giants and and Daniel Jones to have him out there yesterday. Certainly, and then he re-aggravates it, and who knows how bad he'll be here going forward. But, yeah, the Giants came out, no emotions, out hit, and then made some mistakes and really dug themselves into a hole where their offense is just not built to make those type of comebacks, and that was enough of that after that. How many teams, how many coaches, how many trainers, how, how, how many times does it have to happen before people realize a hamstring injury needs rest, period? I don't know anything about all these highfalutin newfangled techniques for getting a muscle to heal faster than it otherwise would. All I know is you pull your hamstring, it takes time. And usually two weeks isn't going to be enough time to get you ready to go back out there and play high-level professional sports, especially football. So they should have gone with Colt McCoy, and now they may have to go with Colt McCoy yeah. next Sunday night. And, and it creates a neat little wrinkle because McCoy once played for the Browns, but who cares? It's going to make the Browns a much greater favorite in that game no, if it I, is Colt McCoy. Right. But he did beat the Seahawks. Right. He did beat the Seahawks, so maybe there's hope. I want to see the Giants at their best, which I do still think is Daniel Jones, of course. And I want to see Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones go at it because didn't like – Baker Mayfield talked trash about Daniel Jones last year after he got drafted. So I kind of wanted to see that. But you're not going to see Daniel Jones at his best, certainly. And, yeah, the Giants, they can't play that style of football yesterday where you're going to turn the ball over. It, it looked like early season Giants once again. It's like, what, what happened? All of a sudden, their O-line just got steamrolled. It's like they could not handle the speed of the front of the Arizona Cardinals and it was just chaos around Daniel Jones all day. They couldn't run the football. And they get a strip sack, you know, early on, Arizona. De uh, Deion Lewis fumbles a kick return, and the Giants are down 6 nothing before they can figure out what the hell is going on there. And, and, and that was that for the most part. I what impressed me yeah. about the Cardinals, and this is something that Reddick told me, they, 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 they were spirited, they were aggressive, they were, they were locked in all week in practice. Like, you know, the, the teams that know they have to get a win, you don't all of a sudden show up on Sunday and respond to that. No. You work at it all week. Right. The, the, the traces of it are – there's no traces of it. It's obvious to anyone who's paying attention that this team is ready to go. We find out about it on Sunday, but it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday where the team develops the sense that they are going to have the sense of urgency that they need in order to, in the Cardinals' case, reverse that losing streak and get back into the seventh spot, which they now – can we put the graphic up? They, they now have a, a much better percentage chance of getting to the playoffs than they did a week ago by virtue of getting that win. So uh, they, they, they now – Are you sold on it, though? The, you think they're going to make it? I mean, you know, they still got Look this. at that, 61%. Would you have guessed that they'd be a 61% chance to make it at this point? I'm shocked. I'm shocked, especially with the fact that they have the Seahawks and the Rams on there. Uh, or no, it's the Rams and the – who am I missing? The 49ers, 49ers they still have on there, which I don't think are good matchups for Arizona, where I look at that and go, they they – I mean, if you made me better, they're going to lose both of those football games. But, you know, again, the other problem is the teams below them certainly aren't that special. And your your Minnesota team can lose the last three. Chicago, we know how dicey they are. So I guess I do understand why Arizona is at 61% because the other team's got some tough games and none of them are consistently good anyways. All right. Uh, who's got the next superlative? Oh, I, I think it's me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go. go uh, you know, I'm going to go with those uh, run run those horses. Yeehaw. Yeah. Talk about the Indianapolis Colts, because when the Indianapolis Colts run the ball a little bit and show that they're going to stay a little patient with it, it changes their football team around. You know, it's a little bit like the Brady and the Tampa Bay thing. You can't expect Philip Rivers to just drop back and carry you like he's in this prime still and he's going to be throwing balls 50 yards down the field with people around him and all that. No, that's not going to happen. They need to play through their run. They still have a really good offensive line. We saw yesterday with those running backs, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, it's a great one-two punch. And, I mean, 
this is the type of stuff they're they're capable of doing if you're if you're watching here. I mean, just a little inside zone play where he finds a hole, sticks his foot in the ground, and hits it at a million miles per hour. But it just makes everything better. And I think the fact with you know run those horses, I mean, with the running game, and then the other thing that's happened lately with the Colts that I think has flown very much under the radar. They're healthy, and the fact T.Y. Helton is back, it, it adds another dimension to their offense because now it's like, oh, wait, you know, we didn't really have a receiver we have to worry about, but now we have to worry about him, and that's going to help the run game, and it helps Phillip Rivers because he's got a go-to guy. It's going to help out Michael Pittman Jr., and now you're going to see him open a whole lot more. So the Colts are one of those teams, again, I know it's a little inconsistent, but, man, when they're on their game – they do a lot of impressive things, and yesterday they played some good football on both sides of the ball, got some turnovers, everything. It was a good win for them out in Las Vegas. See, my superlative coming out of that game would have been Matt Eberflus is on notice award because this virus is going around now. The Raiders beat the Jets. Greg Williams gets fired as defensive coordinator. Then the Colts beat the Raiders, and Paul Gunther gets fired as defensive coordinator. And so if the Texans would beat the Colts, Maybe Matt Eberflus gets fired as defensive coordinator. Highly unlikely, but there's definitely something going around. And the thing about Gunther, and I'm going to be writing something about this after the show yeah. on PFT. Um, the, the the Raiders had, and, and you can check this out on the film, Chris. They had a guy named Chris Smith, a 6'1", 266-pound defensive end, playing nose tackle for much of the game. Good luck. Good luck doing that against the Indianapolis Colts with that blue wall up front. Right. And one of the reasons they had to go with Smith, they tried to sneak Daniel Ross through waivers last week because they needed a spot for Trent Brown when he came off of the COVID list. And they lost them. The only problem is the Jaguars took him. Right. So they were completely overmatched at the interior defensive line yesterday. And lo and behold, you're playing the Colts and they ran roughshod all over you. You shouldn't be surprised. No, and you shouldn't. I'm surprised. I'm surprised on a short week that you'd fire Paul Gunther. You're playing Thursday night against that, the Chargers, that, and you're firing Paul Gunther. What do they think? And this is John Gruden acting on impulse, and no one in the building to tell him not to do. Well, it. The, the, I mean, I mean, I don't know, Mike. I, I have no knowledge of this, but I mean, what do you think happened? I mean, something happened. Something happened. There was an argument. There was a a a, 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 a an argument about. You know, the beliefs and what you should do or how the defense – there has to be. That just doesn't happen, like you said, on this type of week too, a short week, you know, and you're still in the playoff race. There there has to be something more than we just came into the locker room and, oh, man, we they were good on third down and ran the ball on us. You're fired. Uh, no, I, I just don't think so. There has to be something more to that story there. That is such uh, just an abrupt thing to happen and, you know – to, to your point, too, the Raiders defensive lines, that, that's the number one thing they got to fix. There's just not one really big-time player there. Their best player is Crosby. He's very good, but he's not a superstar. They need to get – that's where they got to spend their money this offseason and resources. But uh, that – well, and that's your, your gut hey, tell that's you? That's the side of it, too. Yeah. They've put so much money into the offense yeah. and not nearly enough into the defense. So how do you expect Paul Gunther to turn chicken salad out of that? But you have me fascinated now. The gears are turning about all the things that may have gone down Got to. between John Gruden and Paul Gunther in the locker room, in the coaching office, whether it was physical, whether it was verbal, you know, a little Mark Colombo and Joe Judge action. You, you, you never know. But but all we do know is we 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 – we we won't we won't see Paul Gunther this Thursday. Uh, and based on your experience with John Gruden, did you ever see that kind of stuff where he gave it to his assistants the way he gave it to his coaches or to his players? Excuse me. Well, yeah, he's tough on them. He's tough. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's he questions everybody. He's going to question himself too, though. It's not like it's like unwarranted where he, all of a sudden he just rides one coach and you're like, oh man, coach is really you know being unrealistic and crazy with this guy. No. You know, I, I don't know where it went. You know, my history with those type of things is maybe the head coach said something and then maybe the defensive coordinator or somebody goes off, right? They go off. And then that forces the coach's hand to be like, okay, what, you don't want to be here or whatever? I mean, that that would be my, like, two cents of that. The, the, I just I, I got to think something went down. I got to. It just, it's just too, too crazy of a decision it, right it, now. 
it puts you in a tough spot. Yes. And now Rod Marinelli is thrust into the position of being the defensive right. coordinator with three days to get ready to coordinate the defense. And uh, there's a chance that, that that may not go all that well. All right, next one from me. This is Vindication Colon. Can we please not talk about the 2017 draft for at least one week now? The Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky story by Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we joked about this at one point last week. I can't remember when because I really didn't serious, seriously believe it was going to happen. But from Trubisky's perspective, having to hear about the Bears trading up to take him when they could have had Patrick Mahomes, they could have had Deshaun Watson, they could have traded down and gotten Deshaun Watson for one moment in time. For one day in his life, Trubisky was able to shut that crap up. And they looked great, and the Texans looked horrible. Romeo Cornell told the sideline reporter of the game, we're lucky that we're only down by 23 points at halftime. That's, yeah, that's not, amazing. That's not a glowing endorsement of his team. So uh, kudos to Trubisky. You know, who knows where his career is going to go from here? Who knows where the Bears are going to go from here? Uh, but at least it's something that he can – say for one day I was able to get this 2017 draft talk out of my head and I was able to go out and play well against one of the guys the Bears could have had if they didn't take me yeah that's right I mean you know good for him he takes a lot of crap we know that you know and, and not deserving of all of it definitely not because we've seen with or without him their offense has been really crappy but the last two weeks Mike uh, and I talked about this a little on my podcast last week their offense has changed a little bit. I, I swear that they heard Coach Dungy against the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and Coach Dungy said, I think that they should get underneath the center and run the ball and be a run and bootleg and play-action football team. And I swear, ever since then, I've seen them underneath the center and doing that more and more. I think they somebody went back and went, wait, Coach Dungy said this about us. Why don't we try this aspect? And I've seen more formations and personnel sets and things over the last two weeks. I know they lost to the Lions two weeks ago. It wasn't because of their offense. And yesterday was really impressive. It really was. I mean, the Bears are they're not out of this. As crazy as they've been inconsistent in this losing streak, they got a chance to still sneak in this damn thing. Here's what fascinates me, because the head coach isn't going to go back and watch the TV copy. They rarely watch the TV copy of their own games. They watch the film, right? So who was it? Somebody said that something. heard that. Right. Was this right. like Ted Phillips? That you know, that or this? I mean, who is it that because it was a road game? Yeah. Right. So it's somebody who didn't travel to the game. I know. Watching it on TV, listening to it, and is able to communicate it through to the coaching staff, and the coaching staff actually heeds it instead of saying, "Get the hell out of here. We know how to run our team." Yeah. So uh, uh, encouraging. That, that Matt Nagy ultimately was willing to make that change, and uh, it worked at least for one day. And you're right, they're not out of it. Elimination game as a practical matter coming up this weekend in Minnesota against the Vikings. Yeah, no, I know. it's uh, Their defense, I mean, we know their defense is damn good. It was dominant yesterday. And, of course, hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with what I saw, but that is the Houston Texans. I mean, and some weeks it's just like we only know they're out there because they have a pulse on defense. We're just like, oh, yeah, they're out there. Look, they're breathing. I mean, but they're, they've had weeks this year where it's so bad, it's hard to evaluate other teams' offenses off of them. Yesterday might have been one of those days, but either way, good for Mitchell Trubisky, good for the Bears. They finally get off the schneid, and maybe they can turn this thing around. We'll see where it goes. Um, anything else you, you want to more? Yeah, I got one more. I got the uh, – I've seen enough. I've seen enough award. I've seen enough. We've talked about this game already. Wait, I've, I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Have you seen enough? I have. I really have because it's, it's gotten personal to me. I'd like my friend uh, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan to bench Nick Mullins. I've seen enough. Get him the hell out. What else do we got to do? How many games are we going to lose this year because of Nick Mullins? That's, I just don't understand it. I really don't. He was pitiful yesterday. Turnover machine. Missing receivers that are open over in the middle of the football field. I mean, you can pin a number of games to them this year and go, no. If they just had a little bit better quarterback play other than Nick Mullins, they're going to win that game or it's going to be very close. But he is overmatched, and it's just I, I just it's over for me. I, I, I see some of the good, but it's never good when it needs to be. It's always good like halfway through the first quarter when the game is not competitive. When the game gets tough, all of a sudden it's really below average. And 
You know, yesterday, if, if he just doesn't turn the ball over and plays the game close to the vest, they're going to win a defensive struggle. But they let the Washington defense score 14 points. Washington's offense couldn't move the ball, really. But, the, you know, his carelessness with the football and everything there, I just, I don't know. I just, I'll be shocked if they come back to the, the, the drawing board this week with him as a starting quarterback. Got to think C.J. Beathard is the guy here for the last three weeks of the year. Or Jimmy Garoppolo if he's back healthy. It's funny. Every time I see Nick Mullins take his helmet off, he just looks like a guy who is an actor playing a football player from a movie in the 80s, if that makes any sense I, I whatsoever. Does. And it probably makes none. It does. I think it does. I, when he pulls his helmet off, I feel like there's – I know what you mean. It's like there's background music, and he's trying really hard <laughs> in a sweaty playoff game in like high school football <laughs> with some cheesy 80s music behind it. I agree. Stefan Georgievich. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan Georgievich. You know who that is? No. You know who Stefan Georgievich is? I do not. That was the character Tom Cruise played in All the Right Moves. Oh, right, right. It's, Ampipe. It's been a long the time since I've seen Ampipe. that. I'll tell you, I've spent plenty of time in Western Pennsylvania. There, Folks, there is no place called Ampipe. I can guarantee you that. There I've is looked football, on the map. Though. I've driven around. <laughs> yeah. There is no Ampipe. But uh, yeah, uh, Stefan Georgievich. Uh, uh, who who had something go down in the locker room and got fired by uh, his head coach. He That's wasn't the right. defensive coordinator, but he got fired during the game. Now I have to go back and watch that movie. I hadn't thought about that movie in years. So Nick Mullins, thank you, or something else, for putting that movie in my head now, and I have to go watch all the right movies. Okay, uh, 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 let's take a break. I was going to do Vindication Part 2. Andy Dalton goes back to Cincinnati and beats the Bengals as the quarterback of the Cowboys. But no matter what Jerry Jones says – about the Cowboys, nobody cares. Sorry, no, no it's over. I, I definitely it's don't. We didn't pay homage to. Jerry, listen, yeah. Jerry Jones actually tried to make the argument on Friday with a straight face that it's a good thing that they got flexed out of next Sunday night's game. Yeah, so sure, no, nobody nobody cares about the Cowboys. Sure. Right Other thing, Sorry, we just need to throw a no. We just got to throw a little love to the history maker, you know, and Der Derrick Henry. I mean, what he did again yesterday—that's insanity in the membranity. I, I don't know when you up Walter Payton. Jim Brown and Barry Sanders for most 200 – or no, LaDainian Thomas is not Walter Payton, excuse me, for most 200-yard rushing games with multiple TDs. That's just – that's a list that – I mean, come on. That's uh, legend, legend, legend. Oh, hey, Derrick Henry. Oh, welcome to the legend club. Uh, it just uh, – he's amazing. What he does, the way they play, the speed of the size in which he runs, everything. So just wanted to say congratulations to him. I, we've told him this to his face, and I believe it. He's the modern-day Jim Brown. Once you get him going, he is unstoppable. And, Chris, 1,532 yards Ooh. rushing with three games to Ooh. go. It, it, it will take – well, a Derrick Henry we'll type. What we saw yesterday. Yeah. It'll take it'll take three Derrick Henry games for Derrick Henry to become the all-time single right. season rushing leader. He got and, the Texans, uh, we'll the Lions, and the Packers. None of them are good on run defense, so that can be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. When we return, I'll open up the notebook. The two points I wanted to make about the conversation with Patrick Mahomes, plus anything else that may be lurking around in there. More PFT Live coming at you right after. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. 
So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Patrick Mahomes still on the inside track to be the league MVP, although the three interceptions yesterday, who knows? It'll be interesting to see the updated odds because Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes were the two top candidates. But I spoke to Patrick yesterday after the victory over the Dolphins, and I hadn't spoken to him in a year. And a lot's happened in a year. He's become a Super Bowl champion. He's gotten a half-billion-dollar contract. And and when you when you think back, you know, to the different points, like when the contract was done, I was kind of critical that maybe he could have gotten a better deal. I was more than kind of critical about it. And then we had the stuff back in January where we talked about how the Titans defended him and the 49ers may handle it differently. And and it created an uproar because some Chiefs fans thought I was advocating they take cheap shots at Patrick Mahomes, which I wasn't. We, you were, you were scared road. to and go I, to the bar in Miami. You were so scared of that. I mean, you, I, I, I was. I was. <laughs> I, I was. Because the Chief, Chiefs fans, the Chiefs fans were uh, over the top. They wanted to do to me what they thought I was suggesting the 49ers should do to Mahomes. But and 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 here's the thing. I like Mahomes. He doesn't care. Like the thing about Patrick Mahomes that impresses me more than anything else, beyond the incredible physical skills, one of a kind player, this guy has not changed at all. Success has not changed him. The money has not changed him. The fame, the status, everything. He is still the same kid that he was when we interviewed him a couple of times before the 2017 draft. And that is refreshing. And that is a testament to his character. It's a testament to his upbringing. And there are other quarterbacks out there, and we know who they are, and they know who they are, who change as they become famous and rich and better and successful, and they start loading up their hand with rings. They change in a bad way. They become aloof. They become distant. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to talk after a game. They they parse out their time very zealously and carefully. Mahomes is still the same kid that he was, and that's what's amazing to me. And and and, and again, it's a testament to his character. It's a testament to his upbringing, and I felt compelled to say that. Well, I, I, I it is. It's ama- It jumps off. I mean, it, it really is. And Mike, I mean, I, I hear you after you talk to him a lot of the times because you know, I know, you know, we'll be doing the show to put peel the curtain back, and people, hey, who'd you talk to? And you, you tell everybody who you've talked to, and hey, I got notes, and I'm figuring out what to say and what's best, and all that. But I can always. Like Mahomes, I think the thing I appreciate just through you is it just sounds like he's always the same guy. It's always upbeat. It's always a thoughtful answer. It's not just like bull crap. Oh, we got to play better. Or next week we got to give 110%. Yeah, thank you there, doctor. I mean, it is. It's great. He seems very natural that way. And that seems to be the thing you appreciate about him most. Am I wrong there? He almost treats every question as an opportunity to engage in self-evaluation. Like, hey, you know, this is a good question. Let me think about this. And he works his way through it. But you're right. He's fully engaged. He's in the moment. He's not distracted. He's not, you know, you can tell by the demeanor of the guys who are just, can we get this damn thing over with, please? Yeah. He, he, he and, 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 and that's what is so impressive. And I look at it this way. If he hasn't changed yet, he's never going to. I agree. But but I'd like to I, – I in praising him, my hope is and, – and for some of these quarterbacks, it's too late. But for the younger quarterbacks who are in the process of rising up, I, I think we got to praise a guy like Mahomes because I think more should realize there's no reason to be any different than the guy you always were. And uh, I think that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so special. But I hope, I hope more players realize that you don't need to be – you don't need to act different just because you've been successful and you've gotten a gigantic contract. And uh, it's, it's, it really was, it, it was cause it had been a year and I was curious, how different is he going to be from last year to this year? And, and he's, he's exactly the same. Well, they uh, seem and, to always uh, make him available too, which is, just tells you a little something there as well. Like I, I feel like a, a lot of quarterbacks with, you know, you know, his pelts on the wall or on the horse or wherever the hell they're supposed to go. You know, a lot of the times they'll they'll big time, for lack of a better phrase, you know, the media or when they can get out of something. It seems like every time you request him, he he accepts too, or they accept. He doesn't seem to be one of those type of guys. And, uh, oh, by the way, the football team is pretty damn good, and they they were down 10 nothing on Sunday, came back and won the game. Patrick Mahomes had the interceptions. We talked earlier in the show about it, the idea that, that he doesn't, 
obsess over his mistakes. He doesn't become timid. He said if you become timid, that's the quickest way to lose games. He just keeps out and he keeps firing. He keeps doing what he does undeterred by what's happened. And whether it's the interceptions, whether it's the 30-yard sack that he took. And he told me, because I said, you know, we've seen you time and again run away from guys and you have a great sense of what you can get away with and how you're going to get around a guy. And he said, yeah, I, I do. I just thought that I'd be able to to yeah, jump turn and the corner he wouldn't get take around. me down and right. make it a make it a thirty yard sack. It, but but I think like with him and that was a third down of course and all that. But with that and just everything you talk about, that that's what's amazing though. When they were sitting there ten nothing yesterday, not that we panic with other quarterbacks or other teams or or anything like that, but. I, I don't know. It's it's weird with Kansas City. They're down ten nothing, and you just go, so what? You don't even like have an inkling of panic, you know, as a viewer to be like, oh, I don't know. This might not be their day. This this might not turn out good. I don't know what's gonna happen. And just there's never. It's always just like, okay, yeah, you know, they're down ten nothing, but it's not bad. They look pretty. They're making some stupid mistakes. He's missing some throws. He never misses. How could that happen? And they just always answer the bell. And I just, it's amazing that they do it. It's Andy Reid, but of course, it's Mahomes that really gives them that little factor for sure. Well, I think we enjoy it because we know it's going to make the rest of the game even more exciting. Yeah, you yeah. know, how, how, how interesting is it if they come out and blow the doors off of the opponent and it's 24 to nothing by halftime? Who cares? What becomes exciting is here they are again, down double digits. We've seen this before, and it never gets old. Let's see them do it again, and they did it. And uh, and look, they were up, they were up big, and and this was the the other point that I wanted to mention from the conversation with Mahomes, because he and Tua Tagovailoa share an agent, and so they they communicate and they talked after the game, and what Mahomes said he was impressed by the most with Tua is that when the Dolphins fell way behind, right. Tua didn't try to do too much. No, right. Because Mahomes said, I would have tried as a young quarterback to score 20 points on one play. But Tua stuck with the plan, kept plugging ahead, stayed patient, didn't freak out, right. and just went about doing his job. And he said that's going to serve him well in the future if he can figure that out now, even though they lost yesterday. Because you're going to be down. And yeah. look, what, what, what do we see with Patrick Mahomes? Right. When they fall behind, does he freak out? No. no. Does he try to do too much? No. He just does what he does. And uh, and you just keep plugging and you don't let yourself. You know, whatever competitive endeavor it is, whether you're playing ping pong, whether you're playing Madden, anything you're doing, everything changes when you fall behind, potentially. The question is, how do you react to the scenario? And we see how the Chiefs do it. They're undeterred, right. unaffected. If anything, they embrace it. And uh, he sees that in Tua, and we don't see that. It is a rare trait. We see people get desperate, frantic, and that hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. More times than not, young quarterbacks, especially when those type of things happen, they compound the, the mistakes or the game and make it worse because they do try to make it all happen in a few plays or, you know, I'm going to be the lightning rod that changes the momentum of the football game. And then, you know, next thing you know, you've thrown two interceptions and the game is over. Tua, there's no doubt he has that stuff. No doubt. I've never doubted that. From the second that they took Jalen Hurts off the field in the national championship game and said, hey, young kid, we need you to come in here and Save our butts here at Alabama and beat Georgia and your left arm. You got to start throwing it around the football field. He's got a great way about him. There's no doubt. I think he can handle all those type of stuff. The only we just need to see Tua, the the big time talent, and we're we're seeing little parts of it. But I'm not sold on that yet. I'm not. But everything else, as far as toughness, you know, knowing the big picture of the football game, how to manage that way, and we're seeing him make a few plays as of right now. But, you know, of course, we saw moments yesterday where he was overwhelmed and they were overwhelmed on the offensive side of the ball, and they are still managing him. But I think as far as charisma, leadership, ability to stare in the face of adversity and answer back, like I have no doubts with two. I, I know he's, he's, you know, way, way above average in those departments. And to bring it all back to where we started, Tua 
will be, I predict, just like Patrick Mahomes, in that no matter how much success he has, he will not change. Great kid, testament to his character and his upbringing. He will not change as he progresses through the NFL, no matter how big of a star he becomes. All right, let's take a break. Sunday surprise draft time. We will do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Uh, you know, one thing we didn't address when we talked about the Chiefs, and we should, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are awesome. Oh, they're kind of good, huh? Yeah, they're kind of good. Now, it helps to have Patrick Mahomes, but it helps Mahomes to have them. Kelsey may end up leading the league in receiving yards, the first tight end to ever do so. Tyree Kill is going to be in the conversation as well. He's got 11.58. They've been targeted almost an identical number of times this season. And we, we spent a lot of time last week trying to figure out how the Dolphins were going to cover Kelsey and Hill. Well, whatever they tried to do, the key word was tried. Insert the Bart Simpson, at least you tried gif of the cake that he dumped into the garbage can because he didn't work for the Dolphins. And don't feel bad, Dolphins. It doesn't work for most teams. No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it, it's the number one weapon in football and Tyree Kill. He's still the number one weapon in the game. You know, that's an, an aspect that gets lost. You know, we look at receptions and all those things. Hey, the biggest play he made yesterday was a reverse, a run that got them off the schneid and got them going as far as their offensive side of the ball. But, I mean, he is the fastest guy maybe I've ever seen in the sport other than Deion Sanders. And then when you talk about Kelsey, just the shiftiest, slickest route running tight end I've ever seen. You know, and just has a natural feel for the football game. They just make so many game-changing type of plays, and that shows with their you know yards per reception, the touchdowns. Uh, it, it's amazing. And when Sammy Watkins is in the lineup, to me that just makes Kansas City go to another level because now it just becomes oh Watkins, McCole Hardman, holy cow! There's a lot of weapons to match up with. We can't do it all, and uh, they usually make their mark somewhere known. You know, at, at some point in the game too. All right, Sunday surprise draft time. Chris, I'll let you have the first pick. Okay. Um, what was I going to go with my Sunday first pick? I'm totally flustered here because I wasn't expecting to go over there. Uh, I think I'm going to hold on, hold on, hold on. I know I got a Sunday. Uh-huh. Sur- oh, here it is. I wrote it down. What the hell am I doing? The Saints defense. That's going to be my Sunday surprise. Yes, the lack of game plan or anything for Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table. I think that's what I'm shocked by. You know, just watching there yesterday, you know, some of the drop back pass scrambles, things like that. There seemed to be no thought of Jalen Hurts running or we need to have a game plan for that. More of just, hey, we're just going to treat him like every other drop back quarterback in football. Well, no, you you can't because he's a lot more dangerous than any other drop back quarterback in football. I just think overall, just the way that game played out, the fact that Philadelphia ran the ball, controlled the clock, did all those type of things, uh, and Jalen Hurts won that game with a Saints defense that's been, you know, great, great as of late. Uh, that was probably the biggest surprise of Sunday to me. You know, it's it's hard as we get deeper into the season because there isn't much left to surprise us. The trends no. are playing out for the most part. And I usually don't do this, but I'm going to go to that same game because to me the surprise was that Jalen Hurts – played well we had been conditioned to believe that nothing was going to work we had openly speculated on the possibility that they're putting Jalen Hurts into the lineup so he can fail and everyone in Philadelphia can shut the hell up about Carson Wentz Jason Kelsey last week those comments that were riveting about how it's a total failure by the players by the coaches by everyone made me think there was not a damn thing they could do to make that offense any better well surprise Philly Jalen Hurts made it better, and uh, I didn't expect it. I thought it was part of the setup to justify going back to Carson Wentz next year. They got a problem now. Maybe a good problem, but they got a problem because Hurts demands, based upon his performance yesterday, more opportunities to keep playing. Definitely. You know, I I don't think they were like – hey, we're going to fail with Jalen Hurts and show everybody, but I think they thought if that's the possibility, okay, this is the good thing that happens, then people will stop talking about that, but you're right. This has opened up a can of worms now, and we're going to see where it goes. 
You know, because what, what what does happen if he continues to look the way he did yesterday and they win football games? Man, that's going to sort you know start some crap storm there in Philadelphia as far as the off is concerned and talk radio and all of that. So uh, I, I'm with you. That that was that was shocking in a lot of ways. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go to. I I hate to do it. Just Mahomes three interceptions. I I think that's shocking to me. I don't know. That's the, to me one of the biggest surprises of the weekend. Patrick Mahomes. Has he? He's never had a three interception game, has he? I don't even know. The Rams game. The, the Rams, Rams game. The, the fifty-four fifty-one. Be in Mexico City. Right. That game. Six touchdowns, three picks. Okay. So other than that, yes, I've never, you know, seen that before. So that was a shocker, and not like, hey, I'm confused or I got tricked by coverage. One was a screen pass, which, you know, was there was trash and chaos all around it. Ball got tipped in the air by a Miami defender. You know, he usually doesn't make those type of decisions. Then tries to hit Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on a little check down the next drive and throws it you know, above his head to where he can barely get a hand on it. That ends up being an interception. And then the, the, the late interception in the, in the fourth quarter, you know, he's got, like we talked about earlier, he's got Tyreek Hill open. If he throws it out there, he's going to score a touchdown, but he kind of underthrows it. That's just rare. It's rare. It didn't matter. They still win. He's still amazing. But um, just don't see him throw three picks too much. I'm going to go back to something we talked about earlier because uh, it deserves to be highlighted again. Hassan Reddick, five sacks. That was a surprise to everyone, including to him. He didn't know until after the game that he had five sacks. He became very emotional. He still couldn't process that it had happened. It was a great day, a career day for Hassan Reddick with his five sacks, something no one would have predicted going into yesterday's games. No, uh, definitely not. That, that that game had a few surprises for sure. I mean, that uh, the way they just kind of pushed around the Giants offensive line who just came off a week of where they just pushed around the Seattle Seahawks and did, did some dominant things there. And, you know, I was even going to – Daniel Jones and the Giants was just one of the surprises to me. I mean, just with – his health, the way they looked, all of that, uh, certainly certainly an issue. All right. Um, my last surprise, I think, is Paul Gunther getting fired after the game. I mean, I think, you know, I hate to talk about football, but, I mean, uh, talk go, go away from football there, but that's a shocker. I don't know what else to say. I mean, damn, the Raiders are in the middle of the AFC playoff chase right now. And they got a game on Thursday night, and yeah, they just got their butts whipped by the Indianapolis Colts, and you know, uh, Rivers and the running game had their way, but just still like surprised that they going to fire the defensive coordinator at this point of the season. Right now, to me, that 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 certainly makes the draft. I am currently, and I was texting while you were talking because I am trying to find out exactly what it is that happened. <laughs> was there salty language? Was there pushing and shoving? Was there a Jerry Seinfeld, George Costanza slap fight between Gruden and Gunther? These are things we must find out, and we shall, because it is weird to do it, Chris, with a game coming up in just three days from now yeah. when they take on the Chargers with their season on the line. And look at that, plummeting up the playoff probability from 45% down to 26%. All right, the last one for me. And again, I, I got to give him credit. Mitchell Trubisky, Good. who would have thought that he would outplay one of the guys that the Bears could have had. And I know he's got to be sick of hearing it. Bears fans are sick of hearing about it. Mitchell Trubisky at this point trying to create some film that maybe someone else will see and say, we can get more out of this guy right. than what Matt Nagy got out of this guy because Trubisky on track to be a free agent. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They're not going to apply the franchise tag, barring something incredibly unlikely at this point, like Trubisky leading them to the playoffs and winning a game or two. He's going to be on the market. So everything he does the rest of the way is Trubisky showing the rest of the NFL. Maybe you should take a chance on me for next year. Not necessarily to be handed the starting job, but given a chance to compete somewhere. Right. Maybe he can get it done in the right offense. Maybe he can get it done. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No. I, that, I, if I didn't pick the Paul Gunther thing, that was going to be my pick too. Trubisky. I'm glad you did it because that was, you know, either way, as, as bad as the Texans defense is, we didn't expect the Bears offense to look like that. Trubisky had that day compared to Watson. So you're, you're absolutely right. And good for him. Gets some uh, people off his back, at least for a few days. 
All right, you got one more there, bro. Oh, no, you got three and I got oh, three. No. That's well, it. Hey, I was hey, expecting hey, one more. Stop texting and trying to find out why the Raiders fired the defensive coordinator. Pay attention to the show over here, all right? You've challenged Focus. me. Focus. Get your You've game face on. You've challenged me to find out. <laughs> I thought you had one more. I was laying out so you could go ahead. Let's, let's take a break. When we return, a huge Monday night game between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns trying to trying to settle the score after losing 38-6 back in week one. We'll get you ready for that game when PFT Live continues right after. The Ravens on the outside looking in and the Browns on the inside looking out. What is wrong with this picture? The Ravens get a chance to try to work their way back into contention. One game won't do it, Chris, but tonight they go to Cleveland. Browns hosting the Ravens. Browns 9-3, Ravens 7-5. Ravens won 38-6 back in week one. We saw some of the Ravens' mojo come back last week on the Tuesday night game against the Cowboys. Can they continue it against the Browns? I, I would think so. I, I would, yes. Uh, am I still concerned? And something I, I was mad at myself last week that we didn't talk about enough was lack of pass game by the Baltimore Ravens still, even against the Dallas crappy Cowboys defense. That is an issue, certainly. But the Browns have not been great at stopping the run all year. So that would be an advantage, yeah, I would look at where Baltimore, I think, is going to be able to run the football on them. But as we've seen lately, too, Baltimore are, can't stop the run either. So, you know, who is the defense that can kind of stop the bleeding in that department? I'm going to go with Baltimore because of their secondary players. Calais Campbell, one more week back in the fold, being healthy, everything like that, and a simpler offense to figure out in Cleveland. I, th I think that the Ravens win a close one. I think this will be really close, like 20-17 to 17 type of football game. My big regret from last week in picking the Browns to lose to the Titans was not acknowledging the fact that the Titans don't have the pass rush to get in the face of Baker Mayfield and disrupt his game. The Ravens do. That's the difference for me, and I hate to pick against the Browns here. I know it's a magical time. I'm glad they're doing well, but my main objective, it's funny. People are like, well, why do you pick this team? Why do you pick that team? What do you have against that team? It's like, I'm just trying to be right. Yeah. That's my only objective is to be right. I'm not picking a team because I like them or don't like them, picking against them because, no, I'm picking because I think it's going to happen. I think the Ravens are going to win. I think they're going to get in Baker Mayfield's face. They're going to do enough to run the football to overcome the Browns' running game, and they're going to find a way. They're desperate, They're Chris. desperate. They're That's more right. desperate Thank than the you. Browns. They're going to find a way to win. No doubt. The Browns can afford to lose the game. The Ravens cannot right now. So that that's very real. And you know who I, I didn't get to talk about Aaron Rodgers and how awesome he was during this two-hour show. He was great. How did you not do that? <laughs> I know. That's I it. did it now. See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.